0: you hear so much about this dreaded disease you know it affects so many women you hope but you never really think it's going to be you that you will be one of those women
1: welcome to believe in progress the american association for cancer research foundation podcast Join us and be inspired by the incredible stories of those who have faced cancer with strength and resilience, and the medical professionals who are working tirelessly to find new treatments and ultimately a cure. Believe in Progress isn't just about the science of cancer, it's about the human side of this disease. Together, we can make progress in the fight against cancer and bring hope to those who need it most. welcome to the believe in progress podcast featuring donna james who's joining us remotely today donna james is well known for her pioneering spirit leadership in the community and excellence in executive roles roughly six years ago however she earned a new distinction triple negative breast cancer survivor donna a james is a trusted resource and advisor to leaders in the public and private sector ranging from entrepreneurs to C-suite executives of Fortune 500 companies. As a managing director of Larden & Associates, LLC, Donna's expertise includes corporate governance, business strategy and development, human capital management, financial and risk management, and leadership development. She serves on the board of directors for public companies such as Victoria's Secret, the Hartford American Electric Power, and the private company, Ponance, Ms. James is chairwoman of the board of Victoria's Secret and Company. She's a past board member of Boston Scientific, L Brands, Marathon Petroleum Corporation, Time Warner Cable, Coca-Cola Enterprises, Inc., Intimate Brands, and CNO Financial Group. In her community... Ms. James is the co-founder and former board chair of the Center for Healthy Families, a nonprofit focused on transforming the lives of pregnant and parenting teens and their children, and co-executive director for the African American Leadership Academy. She's on the board of trustees for Ohio Health Hospital System in Central Ohio. Two particular causes have personal impact for Donna. Victoria's secret commitment to cancer research, including funding research into a woman's cancers through a partnership with Pelotonia and the development of the company's first ever mastectomy bra. In 2017, Donna James faced a diagnosis of triple negative breast cancer after finding a lump during a self-exam. Though it was caught early, it was an aggressive triple negative cancer, so she opted for a double mastectomy chemotherapy, followed the surgery, and she remains on medication regimen. So when Victoria's Secret came up with the mastectomy bra, Donna was one of the first people to place her order online. Well, Donna, welcome to the Believe in Progress podcast. So, so excited to have you here. Um, I imagine you're somewhere in Columbus, Ohio today.
0: I am in Columbus, Ohio, and it's actually sunny today, so good place to be.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. And um, it was such a great honor for me to have you come to the annual meeting uh, that we had in Orlando, Florida, and address a bunch of uh, advocates and volunteers and staff. Uh, it was really inspiring for me, so really what just I'm so excited about spending a little bit of time with you today and learning more about you and your journey, which is again, really inspiring to me. So thank you so much for for giving us a few minutes of your of your day today.
0: Absolutely. I am very happy to be here.
1: So um, tell us a little bit about your cancer journey. Um, I, I, you know, I know uh, it must have been a, a shock to the system when that first, you know, you first learned about this. But I'd like to just kind of get your perspective on, you know, diagnosis and then, you know, the, the care and how you move forward from that.
0: Yeah. And I'm happy to share that. I think I think these stories are important. Um, because it is a very scary moment and no matter how much you hear that from the people who go through it until you do you really don't understand it. Um, I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. Um, It was in um, December of 2017. I uh, fortunately was one of those individuals who I would do regular breast self-check exams. I didn't have a history in my family uh, of breast cancer that I knew of, but you learn to discover things once you find out about your own journey. And I found something. I found a lump. uh, uh, It wasn't very big on my left breast. And when I first discovered it, I hate to admit it, maybe I really discovered it in October Mm -hmm. I said, Oh, this is different. I usually have a physical every year. And I said, Oh, well, I've got my physical coming up in December. I'll just wait till then. Um, Because I have my breast uh, exam, my mammogram during that time. And sure enough, uh, the um, upon examination, they said, Yeah, there's something here. And when they call you out of the room, where they do the mammography and say, Hey, step in here because they want to examine it um, a little closer. And then they tell you, oh, wait right here. Um, We're going to get a doctor to come in and talk to you. I mean, your heart just sinks, because even though they haven't confirmed it, you know there's something not right. right. And fortunately, I was immediately scheduled. I had a biopsy that same day. And within a few days, I got the phone call and I'll never forget it. I'm smiling now because that's probably what I do <laughs> when I'm under pressure. Right. I um, in my parking garage uh, where I live on my way to my car. I see it's um, the doctor who did my biopsy. And of course, I want to answer the call. And she says, Donna, I'm so sorry. You have um, triple negative uh, breast cancer. It is in the bile duct, and it is in the duct, the breast duct, and it is moving out of the duct. I just slid down to the floor of the garage and tried to process in that moment what she was telling me. Um, There were like two Donnas going on in one body. One Donna was saying, "This is serious." The other Donna was saying get a grip, listen, try to pay attention so you can ask questions. And I let her talk. And once she finished talking, I told her, I really didn't have any questions right then. You know, what are the next steps? And we talked about next steps. And I immediately called a girlfriend and my husband. And they handled it so, so very well because you need someone in that moment who's going to help you find your inner strength because you're afraid. Right. You hear so much about this dreaded disease. You know it affects so many women. You hope, but you never really think it's going to be you, that you will be one of those women. And so that began my journey. My journey. To get rid of the cancer, um, and it's as much a mental, spiritual emotional journey as it is physical. Um, I know there are people who think about the physical part and the treatment being hard, but I'm here to tell you the hardest and the smartest thing to do is to get get not in control but get aligned with. Um, your best self, your strongest self, the the emotions that are going on in that time. Don't deny them. Don't run away from them. Um, I took maybe a couple of weeks off right after the diagnosis, meaning not off from work, but going uh, away. And I spent a lot of quiet time just meditating um, Mm. because I had to get ahead of my fear. I had to get more faith in me than I had fear. Because the fear doesn't go away. But you have to find a way to strengthen your faith in everything, whatever you believe in. And I started meditating in a way that I never probably would have um, but for the diagnosis. So there's... um, always the good things that come out of it. Um, I'm on the other side of it now um, and happy to answer any questions uh, qu- about it for you. Mitch.
1: Interesting. Um, did your work ethic and the leadership skills that you have developed over the years and, you know, you've mentored lots of people. Did that help you with this in this cancer journey and still help you today? Actually.
0: It did. Um in, in several ways, one, As a leader, I've never been one to back away from a challenge. And maybe that's not smart, um, (laughs) not knowing when it's time to say no and knowing when your strength can be a weakness. But this was one I couldn't back away. I had to step into. And so I fell back on that. And also it taught me to kind of reverse what I would do with my mentoring on myself, meaning, okay, Donna, if you were advising a friend, what would you do here? And I would go find friends to give me advice, because sometimes as a leader, we're so busy leading, we forget sometimes we need people to pour into us. And that's what I started doing, allowing people to pour into me, but not negatively, not with fear, um, but from a place of strength.
1: Was that hard for you to do, uh, allowing people to, it was. to help? Yeah,
0: it really was. Um, sometimes you're so busy doing and giving, you forget you you have to receive, and you also have to ask people um, for what you think you want, whatever that might be, and you have to find a way to help people work through their grief and fear for you, um, because sometimes people. Will immediately assume this is what you need because they're operating out of their own place of fear or concern or not knowing. And so it, I've always been one to try to read other people and be thoughtful and kind of meet them where they are. Um, and I had to do more of that, but I also had to help them meet me. For instance. One of the things I tried hard to do and I succeeded and I, when you have success with something, it doesn't mean you don't slip up every now, but you get back to your, um, your success rhythm or whatever that strength rhythm is. And one of the things I did not do is say my cancer. The cancer did not belong to me. It was in the wrong place um, there. And I would talk myself through this because it helped me to center my body and my strength, to understand these were cells that um, should have died and did not. Um, they morphed into something they were not supposed to. They were just doing what they do and they got it wrong. And so whenever I would go through chemo, right before chemo and during chemo, because chemo kills you know, the fast growing cells, yes. Yes. I would have a conversation with my body about what was going on and I would apologize to the cancer cells because I'm sorry you're in the wrong place you you're going to die and we're all going to let you go and then I would apologize to my healthy cells and thank them for replenishing themselves and doing what they do in a normal healthy way and apologize to them but thank them for being with me on this journey of replenishing my body with the right kind of cells And to some, that sounds just outlandish, but (laughs) I really believe in the mind body spirit connection. And you've got to help yourself and you've got to be clear about this magnificent marvel um, that we have as a body and what it can do to heal itself. Um, If you bring in the right spiritual feeding and nurturing, and healing. I journaled a lot. Maybe not every day, but I would journal. Uh, and I go back and read those journals today because it reminds me of this inner strength that I have and the love. Oh my gosh, the love you find um, for yourself and for people around you because you don't know what's going to happen, but you know the goal you have and that you're working toward.
1: So, as a as a cancer survivor of a very aggressive form of cancer, how has this changed your life? I mean, you've alluded to a little bit of that, but how has it changed your life? Not only personally, but from a work perspective as well.
0: Well, I've always been what some would term a workaholic. Um, I enjoy my work; I have passion about it, and I am now very thoughtful about how I spend my time and making sure that if I'm going to be a workaholic, a passionate person about the work that you do in a positive sense, as opposed to thinking about it in a negative sense, make sure I'm focused on the things that matter to me and to my family. Um, I've gotten better about my time management um, because you know time's not promised, but boy, the time we have is, um, it's beautiful and precious. I um, make sure I'm telling the people that I love that I actually do love them. Um, You know it. I know it. They know it. But it's good to put the words out there. And it's not very hard to do. Um, And to do it now versus later to me matters um, a lot.
1: Um, and I'm sure that means a lot to the people that have supported you and and others as well to be able to say that. do you there's a lot of people there's a lot of you know cancer survivors uh, listening to them watching this podcast. There's lots of folks that are um, just probably learning about cancer and wanting to learn more about you know best way to navigate What's your best advice to people that perhaps come to you and ask you for advice about about dealing with cancer
0: so. I suggest that you do research and homework and you talk to knowledgeable people, Um, but not so much research that you look at the data um, and become afraid for yourself. Look at the data and the hope in the data and the research and what it's telling you. I remember, of course, the first thing I did was go online and research triple negative breast cancer. And immediately it took me to the survival rates and told me that it was one of the most aggressive cancers. And then I had to close my computer and stop because I was feeding myself fear. right? And I needed to know that, but I needed to always balance it with the hope of, oh, okay, there are people who survive it. Okay, we do have treatments for this. This is treatable Um, and you're not alone. So do the research, but don't get so caught up in the averages um, that you forget it's going to be about how you and your body navigates this disease, not necessarily everyone else on the average. So I stopped looking, Um, but I did pay attention to the markers for when uh, my averages were going to be better, like getting to the five-year mark and being a five-year survivor, which I am, but I know it's not over. Um, I also would advise them to get two opinions. Um, Have an oncologist, but talk to another oncologist. Um, Do what you and your insurance can afford, but most insurances will cover a second opinion. And the purpose of the second opinion is just to learn more about right. the treatments, um, because it's confusing, it's complicated and you need to hear things more than once, um, and understand the science, but also understand the art and science of your own body.
1: Yeah, Navigation, navigating cancer can be quite, uh, <laughs> quite challenging for folks, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. In ways that, um, you just don't imagine. Um, I wanted to have both of my breasts removed. I was 60 years old Mm -hmm. at the time. And for me, I felt my body was the strongest it was going to be in that moment. And the risk of it coming back in my other breast was in my head. And because it was in my head, I asked the doctors about it. And of course, there was a risk. And I remember one doctor who did not want me to have a bilateral uh, mastectomy. he said, well, Don, it's less than a, it's about a 5% chance that it would come in, uh, occur in the other breast." I said, that's good to know because you didn't say zero. Um, but that doctor didn't, I mean, he was advising against it. I mean, he was really pressuring me not to consider. That helped me make my decision about whether he would be my doctor. And I chose another doctor because I felt All of the options were open to me, and it was my decision to make based upon their best advice. And so I did. I'm glad I did. I'm not advocating this for everyone. That's why I say get a second opinion. Um, And they found precancerous cells in my right breast. Um, I would have been happy to know they didn't, but I was so happy to find out they did and know that I'd had the tissue removed. And that doesn't mean it still won't come back somewhere else in my body. Um, you have to stay vigilant and pay attention to your body um, and what it's telling you um, and have your regular, still, I do regular breast exams and good for you. And yeah.
1: Um, I want to switch gears a little bit, chat a little bit about your, your work with Victoria's secret, your role as yes. the, as the chair of that very uh, prominent company, Um, A little bit about your vision uh, about the company, but also talk a little bit about, you know, the philanthropy of the Victoria's Secret and, and your belief and their belief and our belief about research and how, you know, we believe that cancer research can save lives. So could you chat with us a little bit about what it's like to be uh, uh, the chair of a major company like this? Um, I'm, I'm impressed, but uh, I think others would love to hear a little bit about your role.
0: Well, thank you. So when I talked about making sure at this stage of my life, I'm doing things that align with me, that I'm passionate about. This is one of the things that aligns with me. I'm very passionate about it. And I'm really passionate about being part of uh, the and Co. at this time, because we're going through transformation, change, growth, learning from the past, bringing the best forward, and adding to that new learnings and embracing, uh, those learnings. Um, and you can't do that, um, well, unless you're open to being vulnerable and open to, you know, having missteps and mistakes. Um, cause people will certainly remind you of them, <laughs> but just like, uh, on the journey with breast cancer, you got to pay attention to the future and the hope and strength in that. Um, and make the changes that are necessary for moving forward. And so the opportunity in this work uh, for me is to help you know build that vision and build on that commitment from the employees all the way through to the leadership team and all the way to our customers on trying to be there for her at every stage of her life. And be there to support her However she's feeling that day, I know people, you know, find it interesting that lingerie can be um, something that can create or change a mood. But as a woman, you know, that's sort of the first thing that touches your skin every day. Mm -hmm. Um, And you get to decide um, who you want to be and how you want to be. Fun, flirtatious, um, thoughtful. Um, you've got a workout, um, or you just want to lounge around, or you've got this special night out with the girls that you're planning for, that first layer of uh, that experience, um, we are a part of it, and we want to be the best part of it for for every woman, however she chooses and decides to define herself.
1: Tell us about how Victoria's Secret is giving back is so important to the company. You know, I've, mm. I've had the pleasure to meet some wonderful people at uh, at, at, at VS and um, they're passionate about what they do. They're they're passionate about giving back to the community. Um, but it seems like that that's part of the culture that you're really wanting to it build.
0: Is. Some people might listen to this story and then list, look at the focus of VS and Co., Around women and breast cancer, and say, Oh, this is inspired by the board chair. No, 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 no. This is part of the DNA of this company. I happen to be aligning with that DNA based upon my experience. And so, um, you know, one of the, the things that we do amongst many is this focus on investing in women who are doing research in women's cancers. I mean, it is an awesome opportunity for the world, but also for those women who are doing the research and doing the research for us. Um, And they have an affinity to it beyond the technical piece of it, being women and understanding this journey that other women go through um, is priceless. Um, You can't necessarily factor in the value add of that with the data and the work and the science. And um, I had the opportunity to meet um, some of these women earlier this year, which was a real high for me um, to see them, their smiling faces, the brilliance um, that they bring to the table and the commitment. And so for us as VS and co to be able to invest in them financially, but also talk about their work it ties into not just trying to find the cure, but also into the empowerment of women yes. and having just another proof point um, of our brilliance um, and the contribution to society.
1: So thank you so much to the SNCO for your generosity. Uh, a couple years ago, we launched the VS Global Fund for Women's Cancer in partnership with Pelotonia and AACR. And it's been a game changer, I can tell you from the AACR side, you know, dealing with scientists and looking at the investigators and even the women that you met uh, in, in Orlando at our annual meeting. Um, they were, they're inspiring individuals and, and we've had a couple, I think we had a couple of zoom sessions with folks and, um, you know, it, 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 it makes you smile to know that, you know, we're, we're, we're putting, um, significant funds, but. Boy, we we are really empowering these 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 young people, and and they're going to do dramatic things. You know, at the annual meeting, uh, we had a uh, an empowerment session, which I think you were involved with, and there yeah. was standing room only for that. Could you just chat a little bit about that? Because we were just trying to test it out, and next thing we know, boy, it was like a packed room.
0: Well, I mean, as women coming together to talk about our common challenges. There are times we have doubts about our doubts and there are times when we have no doubts at all. And then everything in between those, you know, kind of two ends of the spectrum. And to be able to talk with one another, um, share um, how we navigate those moments when we don't feel we're at our best, but the rest of the world looks at us as a bright and shining star. How do we step fully into that? Um, Knowing that stepping fully into it, you're gonna have doubts every now and then, but pushing through them. And what I really liked about the session is we talked about not just how we felt about it, but techniques for dealing with it. And also we got, there was an opportunity to experience women who seem to come from a place of strength 24 seven, but they have their moments too. I just described one of my moments. Right. Um, we're human, sometimes we judge ourselves and each other too harshly um, as women. And so that session was real about really about starting with us and our own ability to empower ourselves, but lift each other up as a community. And I think the fact that Pelotonia, um can focus on this along with you guys, it helps us to build that community. So I hope you do that session again, because I think the people who attended this first time, they will be back again, um, because it's not a one-time, a one-shot um, opportunity. You have to continuously pour into self and each other when it comes to trying to really be authentic about
1: empowerment. I think we're talking about definitely repeating the, uh, repeating this again, because it was such a great success. You know, you, you, you always put your money where your mouth is and, you know, like you said, you don't shy away from things, but you, you guys, uh, created the, the first ever mastectomy bra. And I know you were like one of the first people in line to buy it, but could, you must be very (laughs) proud of that. Could you, could chat a little bit about that?
0: I'm extremely proud of that. Um, and I don't know that it's the first ever. I'll no. let you make that claim, but I'm telling <laughs> okay. you, for us, it was a first. And it was also about stepping into being thoughtful about the moments um, in her life. And it was clearly about a moment in my life because when you get out of the hospital and you're going back for checkups, you know, you get this clinical, very functional bra. But at some point you want to get back to. What's this first thing I want? Um, and you want it to be something that makes you feel um, complete and whole again. You know you're complete and whole, even though you've gone through surgery to actually remove parts of you. That completeness and wholeness is an experience that you create. And so for me, having the, the Co be part of creating that experience for women, um, with that mastectomy bra, that's pretty, that's fun, um, that you want to put on, um, was a huge first step, um, for us, um, and a fun first step for me. I rushed to get it because I wanted to try it on myself. <laughs> right. Um, I didn't really need to wear it again, but, um, it, it brought some comfort, um, as, as well as
1: joy. That's, that's awesome. That's really, that's really cool. You and your, uh, you and your husband are, are, are pillars in the community and, you know, um, Thank give you. back a lot and, um, just curious about your own thoughts about philanthropy in general. Um, and, and what, what motivates you in that way?
0: So my husband and I come from very humble, but strong beginnings. um, You know, families that struggled, but loved their children and did the best for them. And for us, being in a position where no one in our immediate family would have to suffer, not to ever be a crutch, but to be that safety net um, was always priority one for us individually. And then when we met, it was one of the reasons why we both knew, you know, we would make a great pair. Um, it's not just enough to fall in love, but you've got to fall in alignment with the things that matter in your life. And for he and I, that alignment clicked very early on. So I say that to say helping family is the first community. And then after you know you're secured in supporting that community, what more can you do for the broader community? Because we are really all in this together. And I love how we, between he and I, my husband's name is Larry, we kind of cover a spectrum of passions when it comes to community. We have a passion around leadership development. So we've been engaged for the last 20 years in an academy called the African American Leadership Academy, building leadership amongst men and women um, in the community to make sure we've, you know, we're supporting leaders of the future.
1: The columbus We also believe in-
0: it's um, uh, in Columbus, uh, in central Central Ohio okay. region okay. Uh, right now. Yes. Um, we also are big on the arts. Um, he and I just made, and we're grateful to have been able to make, a contribution of a large portion of our art collection to the Columbus Museum of Art. Um, it was on exhibition for a few months. Um, it was called Forward Together. And um, we love it. I miss my art, but that's okay. I know it's in a good place. The other passion place for us is an organization called the Center for Healthy Families, um, where we focus on working with pregnant and parenting teens to help them reach social and economic and educational self-sufficiency. That teen in that moment is the nucleus, uh, most of the time, of an unplanned family at a time when it's very, very difficult. Um, to stay aligned as a teen and focus on you, much less to um, have made a decision to have a child. Um, We often say in the organization, we're not pro-life, we're not pro-choice, we're pro-reality. Children are having children and they need help. And how do we help them in this moment? And so we've been doing that also for um, the past 16 years, I think now, and, uh, and counting so those are sort of the highlights and, of course, um, Pelotonia and uh, supporting um, the Race for the Cure, which is also nice because VS&Co also supports the Coman Race for the Cure. So as you can see with my philanthropy and my engagement in, in my work, uh, lots of alignment and uh, opportunity
1: for overlap I was gonna I was gonna ask you what's next for you but I think <laughs> you just keep going and going and going and um that that's uh I, t- I told my daughters a little bit about you then I have two two girls and um they're both and uh they both work in the nonprofit sector but I told them that you have to watch this podcast because you're gonna be inspired by uh by by miss James and 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 sure Thank enough you. you're you're proving that out for us um any any thoughts about The importance of cancer research?
0: It is one thing to have a cure, but before you get to the cure, you've got to have hope. Um, The research gave me hope because when my cancer was diagnosed, if it had been 10 years, 20 years earlier, my story could be very different. And so that's the importance of research. Yes, focus on the cure, but know that that journey along the way will provide millions and millions of women and their families with hope and the help they need so they get to continue to live their best life, um, however they define it. So
1: um, I'm research immensely equals hope.
0: grateful. Yeah, the research is about hope and health. And, um, we got to do more of it.
1: Well, we are, we are grateful for you. And, um, I knew when I met you, um, there was just something special about you and, and it was really nice that you took the time just to come over and spend a little time with me. And that meant an awful lot. And, um, and just spending some time here with you today, and I'm sure our audience is going to feel the same way. Um, you are just, uh, you're, you're an inspiring individual and, um, so happy that, um, we could spend a little bit of time today, and so happy that we got you to experience an AACR annual meeting, and we'll try to get you to another one oh, as well. But Donna, thank you so much for everything you do for the entire community, for philanthropy, uh, for business, um, for for just uh, you know everybody at large. You're you're a wonderful person, and I've really really enjoyed spending some time with you today.
0: Mitch, I'm absorbing all of this and taking it in <laughs> with joy as part of my journey to accept my flowers while I'm here and I can. Thank you.
1: And um, look forward to meeting Larry one day, too, because it would be great to meet him as well. So I'll have to get out to Columbus and see you, Larry and Doug and, and the good folks at uh, at VS and VSCO. So um, anyway, thank you so much for your time today.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: Once again, thank you to our listeners, supporters and donors. Remember, your support drives the progress against cancer. Please consider subscribing to our podcast, sharing this episode with a friend, and heading over to our website, AACR.org, to consider making a donation. When you donate to the American Association for Cancer Research, your investment in life-saving research propels the important work of the more than 54,000 members of the AACR in driving progress against cancer. You can support life-saving cancer research with any donation you make today. Thank you for listening to Believe in Progress, the AACR Foundation podcast. This podcast is produced by CollegeCast LLC. Please visit www.collegecastpodcast.com for more information. And remember, cancer research saves lives.